Welcome back. Episode 8 of Drunk Off PNR. I'm Eddie. I'm with my co-host Aiden. And I mean, a pretty decent week for the NBA. I would agree. I have a much better tone and much more excitement this week. I was so down on it last week. I just dug myself out of the snow like the Sixers <laughs> dug themselves out of a 20-point deficit in the second half. More on that later. Right. But along those lines, there's been a lot of good games, and I've been enthused now. I'm back. I'm back in. Yeah. Well, I think somebody was listening to our last show because we just were talking reckless shit about the NBA and how mm-hmm. it's really just not even a good product. And then this last week or so it's just been like banger game banger game banger i saw a tweet i think it was maybe like bleacher report or so i can't remember but they want to they want the nba to start staggering the games so instead of five games start at eight it's eight eight ten eight you know so it's just like we all have now we finally have a couple of good games going on at once i can't watch every sing, second of every single game it's actually a good idea, the classic March Madness, where they stagger it depending on what uh, floor you're on right. and what city you're in. And it makes sense that it's so calculated. I'd be down for that. But yeah, I agree. Like, There's multiple games where I've been intrigued. Even watching the highlights, I'm like, no way that happened. Yeah, there. I was a little confused. We, we got fans at the, at the games, Aiden. We do, yeah. So... There's two things that I would say made the NBA back, and you will like this. So okay. my number one, no football this weekend, mm-hmm. primetime Lakers-Celtics game. So I was like, NBA is back. But it was a good, really, game. It was a good game. And it was a good game. You have one-point win for the Lakers, came down to the last second. Like yeah. that's Those two franchises, rich in history, 17 titles each, that just felt to me like, okay, this season is officially here. Right. In terms of like, entertainment value and quality of basketball but let's not sit here and pretend like we care just solely about the production value on the court we love the antics behind it and that has come back as well i mean the antics are half the fun i love basketball i've loved it i mean for two and a half decades big big basketball fan the antics and the crowd, the the authentic crowd noise, like they do decent with like the pumping in. It's not bad. It's better than than the uh, NFL. Mm-hmm. It's not the same. It's definitely not. No, no, yeah, I agree. But I think that's what's thrown me off early in the season too. It's like it's no one there. It's dead. But now there's antics now. I, I very much am into the quote unquote this league yeah. portion of the NBA where you go on Twitter after a game and it's almost as entertaining as the game. And I think we have finally reached that point in the year where we are seeing some theatrics, uh, especially this week from a few, we'll call them characters. <laughs> let's, well, let's not call them characters. Let's call them what they are. we got a couple Karens at the <laughs> Lakers game the other night. Yeah. Yeah. So I wasn't watching this game, although it probably was a pretty good game. Mm-hmm. Um, but so the the husband and the wife, which is a story of itself, <laughs> were heckling LeBron. And I, don't, I still don't even know who started. I don't think anyone admitted who started it, but everybody admitted that they're like, that's my favorite part of this is both. So the fans sitting courtside, the sugar daddy, the yep. girl, sure. the plastic Barbie, Karen courtside, yep. and LeBron Karen have Kardashian. all... Yeah, Karen Kardashian. They've all admitted to shit talking. 
That's my yeah. favorite part. Is like everyone, you know, remember when Russell Westbrook got in trouble and that fan was like he he definitely said something racial. Yeah. Offensive. And like everyone pretended like, oh, he's like, oh, I didn't say anything. I love how everyone came out like, fuck yeah, we were shit talking to each other on the sideline. <laughs> It reminded me so much of two instances, both from Philly, is obviously the uh, iconic double middle finger picture, <laughs> iconic picture, and when those Philly fans were um, shit-talking Isaiah Thomas, mm-hmm. and he got them kicked out of the game, and they didn't get their ice cream after the win, or so whatever the Philly <laughs> hands out. So we have the Wendy's Frosty freeze out. There it is. So if you miss two free throws in a row, everyone gets a Frosty. And Isaiah Thomas had the audacity to make his second free throw and cost us all a Frosty. But the best part was, since he went into the crowd, he got kicked out too. So everyone got kicked out over a 99-cent Frosty. I love Isaiah Thomas. I love Isaiah Thomas so much. Um, So just, I'm sure everyone's heard of the Karen LeBron saga. There's 45 Instagram stories from her in a kind of funny interview with him, which I hate when this happens. You guys got to stop making LeBron likable. Cut the shit. I've been talking shit about LeBron since 2003. I'm a diehard at it. I'm pretty good at it. I've Mm -hmm. perfected the craft. You can't make the guy likable. I feel like there's been like two or three instances this season where we've talked about him on the show, and I'm like, he's kind of right. Yeah. But, I mean, it's been 17 years. He's got the public relations figured out at this point. Oh, I mean, he was, he was the Nike first one. To, he's the first one to pull pull the jersey above the mouth so we can talk. He did it with Lonzo Ball after they traded him. Like, what are we whispering about, LeBron? Come on. Hey, thanks a lot for being just good enough that I could get Anthony Davis and win another title. <laughs> I really wish it was Kuzma, not you, but those yeah. are good. <laughs> yeah. That is absolutely what he said. <laughs> that is 100% what happened. So, but no, there was, there was no jersey over the mouth and in, uh, in the Hawks-Lakers uh, game. So I guess they were shit-talking. Mm-hmm. He called her husband who is dramatically older than her. Significantly uh, older. Can we talk old, about that real quick? Because she's yeah, yeah. older. Actually, I don't care yeah. what she says. She's older than what she says she is. But he, that guy's 50, 60 something. He looks younger than he is. Can can we sit? We don't talk about that because of the way she looks. And this has nothing to do with basketball. But you and I are around the same age. We're both Correct. 25. The whole point of being 25 is you don't have to get work done. You're just young. Right. <laughs> you don't have to do things to your face and to other parts of your body to look younger because science and genetics are still on your side. When right. You don't need technology yet. You don't need technology yet. She didn't seem to figure that out. She's like, yeah. all right, my husband has money. I might as well do it. But you didn't need to. You're, you're getting ahead of because like the Botox and stuff, it wears out. That's not a forever thing. Mm-hmm. So you get it early. Now you're now you're committed. Got to get it forever. You I get it. I respect she gets it early. Now everyone that sees her thinks that's what she looks like. We've all seen people like get Botox. Now that you don't look like yourself, I've seen Little Kim. She didn't look like that twenty years ago. I know that for a fact. Mm-hmm. She's getting ahead of the curve. Kind of a smart move. Kind of, but also this is her moment to shine. Mm. So you missed your prime. But 
And now when she gets a reality show because she's talked shit to LeBron and went viral over it, we all none of us are going to be confused because she looks how she looks. Do we know what her husband does for a living? I'm no. sure we could find it, but I, I don't. have a picture pulled up of him right now. He's fucking yoked. That's well, that's the other thing. So LeBron said that this guy was on steroids. And if you if you saw the picture, I don't know what's funnier. Her her disproportionate body or the fact that he is 60 years old and looks like uh he owns six gyms. I don't know what's funnier. And, and works out like, every single one of them, every single day. And work gets locked in the gym. Yeah. And I go to the gym every day. You need a little bit more than just working out to look like that. I I'm this dude's leg is a it's a tree. It's real veiny, which is making me a bit uncomfortable, yep. <laughs> but it's very large. Here's the thing. Muscle is one thing. A lot of people have muscle. When you're that veiny that all of your veins are sticking out and he, they're not even doing it. They're just standing on a boat. So you're in your right. most relaxed state possible, just laying on a boat and your veins are popping out that much. Guess what? It's not because you just did biceps at the gym. It's right. for other reasons. Yeah, no, I'm looking at this picture and I'm scared. It is, if you want to like keep younger guys like working hard so they don't go through a midlife crisis and kill themselves, show them the picture of this guy. Show them a picture yeah. of this guy because this is what happens. You're going to look weird and you're probably not going to be rich. So you won't get the like kind of good looking Karen. Yeah, you won't be dating a 25 year old. They're 20, married. 25 year old. 25. 20, right. Well, she was 25. She turned herself 35. Like she, it's, you know, like she's doing the Benjamin button of plastic surgery. She had it like you're 25 people who are 35 want to look your age and you did all that work just to look their age. I, I need to just make a statement about something regarding this. I'm not sure if you saw, but CEO Joe, that old wrinkled fuck, he is on the side of Karen. And I mean, it's like, he's, first of all, he's the only one in the world who's on her side, but it's the most Joe thing ever. The most, it's the epitome of CEO Joe to be on Karen's team right now. I think, I think uh, CEO Joe had fun in his heyday, if you know what I mean. I think they're healthier your motive. Hey. CEO Joe had a swell time. I'm sure. I'm sure. I've heard a few stories. He's had a yeah. good life. Good for him. There's a right and there's a wrong in this story. This is not, there's no gray area here. As is, this is pretty cut and dry. Like it, it wasn't it, okay. So, like, I probably wouldn't be on her side regardless, but it was how she portrayed the story. Anyone who there, when you cuss, there needs to be a certain level of emphasis to make it either funny mm-hmm. or serious. And she had neither. It was just Nothing. annoying. Like the way she was cussing just annoyed me. She was just making noises at that point. It really. was just it was just swearing for the sake of swearing. Right. And it just after six Instagram stories, we didn't need 18. You could have got the story across in just like three, three or four as to why you got kicked out. They're 10 seconds each. I, I kept seeing new ones seconds. today. I kept seeing new ones. Like I thought we were over this. This happened the other day. I thought we were done. We Apparently we're not. Here's my advice to her if she cares because she's way richer, so she probably does. Right. But she's going to be famous now and she's going to have a lot of opportunities. 
It does not matter how famous you are. There's not a single person in the world that will watch that many Instagram stories. Nobody cares. You're, no nobody's one. life is that interesting. Not one person. You went to a Hawks-Lakers February regular season game. Trust me. No one cares that much. LeBron calling him all steroid ass. It it really it gave me like a good hearty laugh earlier today. That's very funny because I can see him saying that. The athletic did like a deep dive, and they were like, the only audio we could find of LeBron was him saying, and they put in quotes, all steroid ass. And I I couldn't handle it. I <laughs> that is that's my favorite piece of like serious journalism with a twist since the uh stock market thing last week when these <laughs> Like business journals had to say the names of like Reddit users who were oh, giving man. out good advice. And it was just like <laughs> these insane Reddit names with sex jokes and everything like that. Um, so <laughs> I thought it was pretty funny. Can I say one more thing about this before we 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 switch? And I think this is the yeah. end all be all of it because um, I think we could have solved this problem. Okay. Why the fuck are there fans there? <laughs> what? And here's the thing. It goes back before the situation happened. So like two days after the league was like, stop swapping jerseys, stop meeting up after the game, stop interacting when you don't need to interact. Katie and Kyrie, when the Nets played in Atlanta, go over, interact with two chains and give <laughs> both of their jerseys and sign it and interact with two chains. And it's just like, why are there fans courtside? <laughs> I genuinely don't know. We just met half the league just missed like a quarter of their season. And mm -hmm. we just got Karen and her yoked up husband just chilling, talking shit and spitting distance of LeBron. And she has the mask down <laughs> the whole time. <laughs> she's screaming at the most important player on the planet who under no circumstances can get going. LeBron's like, I, I, I wasn't that close. So like, it's not a big deal, but there was a couple of refs that were close. So I hope they're okay. It's like, yeah, just shouldn't have people here. I love yeah. it. It gets my, it gets the juices flowing but when we can get some shit talking. And when there's only 10 people in the stadium or like courtside like that. Okay. We'll get some, some good responses back and forth between players and fans. That's always funny. Maybe not the best timing. I don't know. I there. I, oh, I wish I could remember what team it was, but they were doing, like fan art masks and they were just like going in the crowd like looking at fans who like have cool looking masks on i was like i don't know maybe we just why are they wearing the mask um, yeah, maybe just that. like <laughs> just watch from home like the rest yeah. of us and there's not many teams and no. it's just like i don't know what the south hasn't figured out yet it's been a year <laughs> every stop, like, every single yeah. time every time like it's been since 1861 how have you guys slavery bat like how did it take you guys that long to figure it out and they never really figured it out same with the pandemic coronavirus bat i don't get what they don't get down there something if you listen in a different state please explain to me how the brains in the southern part of this country work yeah send us a dm drunk off pnr on instagram send us a dm if you live in the south let us know i know florida is the fucking wild west so hit us up let us know what's going on in Alabama, because I mean, I'm we're we're both Northeast guys, so we don't, we just don't get it. I just don't. I yeah, and they probably like I don't get why you just shoveled eight inches of snow off your car. But at the same time, it's <laughs> like fair. okay, we, we you've had like two incidences now in the same arena, and you're like maybe the like if you're the Atlanta Hawks or State Farm Arena, 
are maybe you're like, I don't know, the 42 fans here aren't worth the money at this point. Right. But no, you would think that they would do that, but they instead doubled down and were like, yeah, we'll host the All-Star game. <laughs> <laughs> They're so dumb. But speaking of the All-Star game, that makes me think of something. We had a uh, what some might call an All-Star performance from a powerhouse duo in D.C. Russell Westbrook and Bradley Beal, are they the next like great duo? Are they Scottie Pippen, Michael Jordan? Uh, no. Okay. Yeah. I, no, well, there's one all star. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, as terms of duos go, like, yeah, like me and me and LeBron are a duo, but he would carry <laughs> most of the work. You and Giannis are a duo, right? And I would Giannis carry the fuck out of Giannis, and I would carry Giannis, yeah, okay. of course. <laughs> and then like Westbrook and. And Beal are a duo, but Beal does most of the work and Westbrook fucks it up. But yeah, I mean, sure. In in as someone who doesn't hate Westbrook with all the fiery passion of 17 burning suns, he's not the same player. Obviously, we can all see that. But he had in the game in question against the Nets, he had a good game. He, he was played he, all right. He did have a good game. Now, do you want to talk about Bradley Beal's wife before we get into that? Because I think honestly, I think exciting games. There's like a few we need to get into. But Aiden, it is honestly the only thing I want to talk about right now. Okay, yeah, go for it. I know you're. I don't even have a crazy take, but I've seen her pop across my timeline a couple times. Normally, it doesn't matter because Bradley Beal puts up 45 and they lose by 80. So, like, who cares? But when your husband honestly has a bad first half and then fucking turns into a superhero who's on fire, whose name I can't remember right now, and just walks and drags his entire dick across the court and ends up putting like 70 points on the board, you can talk a little bit of shit. And when you absolutely dunk on someone on Twitter, I don't care if I like the person, hate the person, I'm going to laugh, I'm going to click favorite, and you might even get a retweet. You might even get a retweet. Yeah, so her and uh, Worldwide Wobe got into it, but at the same time, I think, like you, I've seen her pop up on my timeline a few times these past few weeks. And I think my favorite part about it is she has been like any other nine to five common fan. I think the the Nets lost in a heartbreaking fashion a few weeks ago. And she was tweeting out the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and expecting a different result. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I've been there. And then they beat the Nets the other night. And she was fired up and going after it with the. Uh, Worldwide Wolf, who's like one of the bigger NBA Twitter guys. So it was just like, just she's maybe married to Bradley Beal, but she's one of us at heart. <laughs> That's a fact. Honestly, I get a lot of Anna Horford vibes from her, which I don't see no. too often anymore because she's, she's worth. Well, I I didn't mind Anna. She was fine. She was fine. Mm-hmm. But this is what Anna Horford would do. She would t- mostly would to like Sixers fans and not like NBA personalities, which that does add some excitement to it. When it's someone with a big platform, you just dunk on their entire face, mm-hmm. but they're doing the same thing. It is. It's just like my family member played like a piece of shit tonight, or my family member played good, but the team's a piece of shit. I'm going to come on Twitter and talk to thousands of trolls about it. Yeah. Which I, I totally respect. Cause it's, like I said, it's just, she is just a normal common fan. Just like one of us just going through it. Like one of us with the ups and downs and highs and lows of an NBA team through it. Yeah. Uh, no. 72, 82 game schedule. 
she's what she is to Bradley Beal is what I am to Kemba Walker. Yeah, yeah, I was that's, say, that's I all it is. All, most of Philadelphia is there with Ben Simmons every week. The way she tweets about the Wizards, Dude, she, no, it's not even the Wizards. She doesn't give a fuck about the team. It's just Bradley Beal. Yeah, she rides for her husband. I'll give her that. I respect that. I really do. Uh, we had a couple good games, to, other than the Nets losing to the Wizards. Yeah, which one was now, your favorite though? I think the most underrated one was the. So on Saturday, and this all happened in one weekend, right? Two of them happened like an hour apart, but Saturday, the most underrated one was the bulls game. So Damien Lillard hits this buzzer beater winner and that's cool enough on its own. Like, yeah, like he's clutch. We've seen it before, but you don't see before that they score six points in less than three seconds. (laughs) So they, they hit a three bulls throw it in. They get a jump ball. They tip it up, jump it up. The Blazers get the ball back. Dame hits a three for the game winner. Like it, that was an insane sequence, and the whole entirety of the sequence didn't get talked about. I mean, I'm going to go with my favorite would be because it benefits me. The Sixers coming back from down 20 by playing zone and give, going on a 23 to two run. But I, I don't know. It's up to you. Well, you may. I'm a little bit biased, but I did think that uh, that Blazers would need more love. I agree. Blazers one definitely need more love because the clip that first went out that everyone was talking about was, oh, Dame hit another, you know, deep three game winner, hand in his face, uh, Lori Markkinen. I mean, it wasn't the best defense, but it's, you know, half a, or a second and a half on the clock. That's the best you're going to get coming out of a scramble like a jump ball situation. I mean, that's just better offense than defense. It's not bad defense. It's just great offense. I will say, and it it drives me absolutely mad. NBA teams do not know how to get, get around a zone. They have no clue how to break a zone defense. Every time, dude, just play zone. You'll win every game. No one yeah. knows how to score. The Heat did it last year, and they played. They did it. They killed the Sixers with it. They they did it in the playoffs. It worked in the playoffs. Yeah, yeah I agree. The zone. The, yeah, the, the zone just works. You know what it is? In in this day and age, offensive efficiency is so predicated on something so basic as the pick and roll. And if you take away the ability to live pick and roll, which well, is basketball's most basic play. Right. But teams do it nonstop. And there's other things involved, but really it boils down to a lot of pick and roll action. If you I mean, take that away in a zone, teams just falter. They just can't deal with it. The zone is so good. It was illegal for like most of the history of the NBA. It like mm-hmm. didn't become a thing allowed until like the seventies. Mm-hmm. Maybe and we go it, back to trying the zone, fellas. Yeah, even now, like the the league doesn't even want it. That's how you get the. That's why they have the defense of three seconds in place so that teams don't play zone. Uh, it genuinely boggles because you know, sir, the Heat are going to play it. Apparently, mm-hmm. the Sixers are going to play it. I didn't see that coming. I'll, I'll give the Pacers a little bit of benefit. They probably didn't practice too much zone, but the Celtics play zone. The Spurs plays like there are teams that in situations will go zone. And I don't care what defense you're playing. You can't give up a 20 point lead in a half. That can't be done. I mean, what are we doing? And the Sixers didn't have their best player. So you, you like you had like your goal on offense or on defense for the Pacers was like, 
keying in on Tobias Harris and they couldn't do it. It, you can't know? That hard. it cannot be that hard to just get a man on Tobias Harris. Go box and, and one. Like, yeah. Yeah, that's what they should have done. Like, all right, we'll raise you your zone and we'll go boxing one. Let's just get crazy. <laughs> Easy thing to do because you don't need to be a great defender to play zone defense. If like the mm-hmm. Warriors would be great, great. They would never have lost to LeBron if they went zone. That's they true. would just whoever Steph was playing defense on, they're like, we're gonna bully Steph every time, pick and roll switch every single time down the court, and it yeah. worked. They got a title out of it. If you go two, three. Clay and Steph are just right there. Like, what do you do? Exactly. You can't pick both of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was, I was about to say it, they. You try to key in on in man the man. You key in on mismatches by finding the smaller guy and finding the guy who doesn't move his feet as well. If you're if you're in a zone that eliminates moving your feet quickly, right? You know, you're not guarding a man. You're not following him around. But for the Sixers, why it worked and why I think they'll go back to it. They put Ben Simmons and Matisse Thybul up top, and it was just like. Have you ever seen the movie Us where they all band together and hold arms and it yeah. stretches across the entire earth? That's what it felt like watching those two up top in the zone. They were just ever like limbs just everywhere. Uh, I mean, I don't know why we didn't think of this before. No, it's a great. I mean, that's just how bad Brett Brown is. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I think there is another great game. It wasn't the full game. It was more of the quarter. But the Jazz Nuggets game. The Jazz had like, or not the Jazz, excuse me. The Nuggets had like 45 points in the first quarter. Jokic had 22 points in the first quarter. Player of the month. Player of the month. I mean, he's good. I'll say it. He's good. I, I put the Nuggets in the playoffs to start the year. They struggled. TikTok yelled at me, called me names. And now they're like fifth in the West. So eat my ass. I was about to say, you had them as the two seed, and not to do- get too far ahead, but we are going to be doing our top five teams in the league power ranking style because the uh, ESPN just came out with their power rankings for the NBA. Right. So Nuggets are creeping up to where you wanted them to be. They're, they're getting there. I didn't, uh, I, thought good good. I thought they would be good. I didn't think Jokic was going to be like the one if – He's one or two, probably, depending who you ask for MVP right now. Didn't see that coming. Thought he was going to be great again, but not not as good as he's been. He's been mm-hmm. <laughs> unbelievable. Yeah, I agree. So that, that is an honorable mention for the games. Now, I think the craziest one we should talk about, because we've alluded to it already, yeah. the 8-0 run in the span of 10 seconds for the Wizards, where Bradley Beal, who we alluded to earlier, came right. down hits a pull-up three in somebody's grill. Right. Joe Harris thinks Kevin Durant's cutting one way. He cuts the other. The Wizards end up with a ball. The worst statistical three-point shooter of all time makes a three. Buried it. Buried Buried it. it. No doubt about it. And even after all that, the Nets still had a chance to win. The guy travels on the inbounds pass. He basically walks up to the hoop and hands the guy the ball. The ref said nothing. And then... The Nets missed the layup. Wizards hit two free throws, 8-0 run to end the game. <laughs> Win. 147-146. to 146. Chaos. I, first off, I love chaos. I love it. NBA chaos gives me life. That was the most chaotic game I've ever seen. Maybe, definitely this year, maybe like in the last like five years. That was insane. 
end of game sequence is one of the crazier ones that I've ever seen. There was a college game, the Nevada, this is really out of left field, but Nevada overcame a 12 point deficit in the span of about less than a minute and a half in one game. And I think that's the craziest thing I've ever watched. Uh, but this might have been a close second. It, it, it was just the sequence of events is just impossible. And I, I think do, the stats were it was like teams were nine for 23,000 in those type of situations, and it happened twice in one weekend. I, I think we make a pretty big deal, prop like for a good reason, of like the Reggie Miller, you know, choke job game to spike the T Mac game where he scored just like 45 points in 10 seconds. We, mm-hmm. we talk about those all the time. We had two of those games on the same night. Then a weekend. Yeah. Like what, <laughs> that, you could make that same argument about Reggie Miller for Dame, which I'd argue the Dame one's probably more impressive. And the Wizards one, I know it's two like two guys and one like a steal here and another three, but I mean that was pretty close to the T Max, 13 points in like 10 seconds, too. That one, in terms of overall team chaos, was the best. And I think just like the Nets being involved after all the storylines like amplifies it as well. Do you want to talk about the Nets and just – I know you sent me some stats, and I think some people have seen the stats, but yeah, the 147-146 games are not going away. <laughs> no, first off, if you if you like betting on sports, bet the over, baby. Hammer the over every night. Hammer the over. Um, I mean, you've said it for eight weeks now. The Nets are an AAU team in the NBA. It's, it's glorified AAU. It's basically, if you remember AAU basketball, it's in the spring. This is just a tournament. You get a medal at the end if you do well. Your whole goal is to have a college scout watch you beat the other guy to the hoop and score so that they give you a scholarship. That's it. That is your entire job. You play three times, one day, get to the hoop in front of a college scout. That's how the Brooklyn Nets are playing NBA basketball. does not matter. Outcome, defense, just get to the hoop, score, and someone's going to offer you a scholarship. I mean, you called it. You were like, hey, this team's going to be fun. They have three really good players, but there's a pretty massive drop-off to the next guy, which is Joe Harris, and there's an even bigger drop-off from Joe Harris to the rest of the team. But you've been saying it the whole time. Who's going to play defense on this team? And it turns out, nobody. Nobody, yeah. Not their, a person. Their, their defense is their offense where they just need to score 150 to win the game, which they might do given the oh, yeah. given the weapons that they have. They legitimately might do that. But, yeah, it's just like they have no front court beyond DeAndre Jordan. They really have no depth. Even the, in the guards that they do have, like Landry Shamit and Joe Harris aren't exactly like studs defensively. TLC, like you know, these are these are guys who I respect and I like their game. Two former Sixers, but you, you don't look at them and you're like, all right, this guy's really gonna clamp somebody down. Or no, I could I could score on Landry Shamit. I, I, I I'm five ten. I've played basketball in like three years. I got bum knees. I could score on Landry Shamit. I, I don't care. I don't care. I'm taking him to the hoop. Yeah, and that's that's their fifth best player. On, on the Nets right now. That's their fifth fifth player. He's getting like DNPs, like coaches' decisions too. Like it makes no sense. Whatever's happening over there is not making any sense. I don't get it. I really, the depth, I, I don't get anything. If they had Spencer Dinwiddie, it would be different. I'd be like, yeah, they're fine. They've got four right. incredible players. But because right, then they'll score 170 and it doesn't matter how much. Yeah, I was going to say that they have 160. And if somebody misses a game, they still have a big three that's like, wow, this seems awesome. 
Right. Yeah. But right now, do you have that stat? Yeah. So the Nets, since the Harden trade, so that's about, I think, like eight games or so at this point, they have a 122.6 offensive rating, which is the best in the league. And if the season were to end right now, it would be the best of all time. On the other hand, their defensive rating is 119.9, which is the worst in the league. And if the season were to end, it would be the worst of all time. It's my favorite thing. It's the perfect, perfect like yin and yang situation. <laughs> like I mean, you cannot top it. It's incredible. It's the, in the picture they used to. It's like a, like a cartoon picture of them just like smiling. It's it brings the tweet together. Honestly, the picture kind of makes the tweet, even though the tweet is hilarious in it of itself. I agree. The the animated photo of all three, like the big three, like they they're like a puppy dog who is cute, but they realize that they like they like mom's keys and dug a hole in the backyard and put the keys in that's what they look like they're like oh it's cute they had the best offensive efficiency of all time oh they dug the keys up put in the backyard also they haven't played defense for about 600 straight possessions yeah no this this is the dog you get home and the couch cushion is ripped apart yep and then you're looking there at the face you're like oh it's a cute face but just oh, wagging his tail, expensive pillow. Old days. i mean there is no adults in the room just so we're clear it's like funny to joke about you know, they're killing it on offense and they're not doing jack shit on defense. But if they had half of an excuse for a head coach, they don't lose that game to the Wizards. That was just insane. I don't know if they had any timeouts left, but why wouldn't you just call it? Yeah, take the timeout. You'll get teed up, but you'll get a break. Hey, hey, guys. Well, maybe we play some fucking defense one time, literally one time, and we'll walk out of here with the win. But they didn't. Uh, they didn't even have to. And then, like, that is the craziest part. Is then they redeemed themselves and, and ran a, like a very good inbounds play that they still fucked up because the guy walked the ball to the basket before he passed it, and they missed the lay. Like, I cannot get over the sequence of events that they were in. Oh, and as we are recording, they're playing the Clippers, who are one of the best teams in the league yeah, right the now. Clippers. So. The, Cl- the Clippers are one of those teams where I kind of relate them to the Jazz, where it's just like, I really don't want to watch them play basketball. They just like, they don't do anything for me. It's not an entertaining product that they're putting out for me, and they're just beating the fuck out of everybody. They mm-hmm. are just winning by uh, too many points for these teams who kind of got worse. Yeah. I, yeah. There's they some serious. They're right. just playing better. I don't get it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's. How about we just do like d- dive into our power rankings then? Because you, you've brought up two teams that might make the cut, and there's been some serious regression this year of teams that are not going to make it here. Uh, so we're doing top five power rankings, top five NBA teams so far this year, right now. Yeah, not so top I, five teams we expect to be at the end. <laughs> we have to make that very clear. <laughs> yes, uh, I have a. Just a quick stat. I sent this to you earlier, just for the people, because okay. you know we have we don't know each other's lists or anything like that. I have I assume we're gonna have pretty similar teams, probably different order. But the crazy stat of the day on the Drunk Off PNR podcast, courtesy of Sean Grandy, only three teams rank in the top ten in both offense and defense: the Lakers, which not surprising, the Jazz. A little surprised. They're playing out of their minds, but a little surprising to see them on both top tens. And the Celtics. 
Not bad. That one did surprise me. That one did. Surprise now, it me. surprised me. I mean, I <laughs> I watched every Celtics game. I was like, why aren't they playing any fucking defense? And they're 10th in defense. There you go. Uh, it might be a little bit skewed. There's been some games where maybe it makes them look better. I don't know. I, I haven't dove into every, you know, like they, they played a 96, 90 or 97, 96 game against the Lakers. That helps your defensive efficiency because you're holding an opponent under a hundred. So I, I don't know. I mean, they're not bad defensively. I believe one no. of the one of the uh, the Celtics Sixers games last week was pretty low scoring as well. Yeah, no, I mean, games for the most part, games they lose. They're they're close games, but they're just like they're you can't lose to the Spurs. They could have won that Lakers game. They lost to the Pistons a couple weeks ago. They're just like games that you you can't be losing to bad teams. You just can't be. The Pistons are the feistiest five and fifteen team of all time. Oh, the Pistons are going to lose to everybody unless you're like top two in the conference, and they're going to give you the toughest game of the season. That's exactly what they did. They beat the six. It was a back to back. They had so much energy. It was like watching a Sweet Sixteen March Madness game. It was insane. Some of these games recently, it's felt like March Madness because they beat the Celtics. Like I said, they beat the Lakers, and I think the same week they beat the Lakers, they beat the Sixers. Yeah, it's wild. I don't. I don't know. <laughs> and the Wizards are, have four wins, and they just beat the Nets. So like oh, chaos, like we talk about. The um, Heater seven and thirteen. That has nothing to do with this, but it's just mind blowing. Yeah, like, tough. this tough. is bad. I think it was this like week bad. three or four. We were like the the Heat and the Raptors. They're going to get it together. They're not going to finish bottom in the East. They'll be in the playoffs. Well, Aiden, we're we're eight weeks in. We're a quarter of the season done. And neither one of those teams are top 10 in the East. It'd be so easy to make up ground just because of how bad the Eastern Conference looks right now. I won't spend too much time on it because I want to do the uh, top five power rankings, but only five teams in the East are over 500. So like, they, they realistically need to have like a really solid week and they'll be in the playoffs. Like, imagine like having like a sales goal for the year and all you have to do is like pick up the phone, dial for a week, and, and you'll be fine. That's that's where the Heat and the Raptors are at. Looking, the Heat, at this. The, the Heat did just get Butler back. He's yeah. been out for which I feel like the entire season at this point. He's missed mm-hmm. too many games. The Raptors might just suck. I don't know. I genuinely don't know what's going on with the Raptors. I don't. You know, I know they're probably going to beat the Magic tonight, which would make them nine and twelve, which is nothing to right home about but the teams ahead of them just aren't good like the bulls are eight and 11 and they're ahead of them so they they have hope because of all of the despair that other teams are in there are four teams that are inarguably worse than the heat and the raptors right now all above the heat and the raptors the cavaliers are the seventh seed and they're 10 and 11 that should tell you everything you need to know everything you need to know right there i almost hope that the Knicks sneak in and get the A seed because I think they could give the Bucks a series if it ends up being Bucks at one like there was the last couple of years. Um, mm-hmm. and we talked no. about that earlier. I'm not. We're not going to do the whole thing again. But we talked about the the Bucks Knicks saga a couple episodes ago. Yeah. Um, but let's get into our top five power rankings. Like you said, this is not who we think is going to end like one through five. Not who we think are even the best teams in the league, but. This is who we think have been playing the best over. I mean, since the last time we've done the power rankings, best resume as of right now. 
Right. Now, do you want me to give you ESPN's list right now and then we'll do ours? Yeah, if you could, because that's what inspired my idea. Now, it is a bit head scratching some of their things. So don't think we're just reading off of a list of what they said. Right. Do you want both ESPN and NBA or just ESPN's? Uh, Just do ESPN. So ESPN, I'll go one through five. They have Clippers at one, Lakers at two, Sixers at three, Jazz at four, Nuggets at five. So the the one thing I will say about the list, I, like reading the paragraphs as to why they chose what they chose, that the maybe the top ten is makes it worse. Um, it, it was a little bit head scratching, but my favorite thing was um, they had their piece about the Clippers and why they were two, and they were like, ah, yeah, they got Anthony Davis back, like he wasn't there against Detroit, big space, and then they played Boston and he was back and they won. And I'm like, I think there's a gap missing in the timeline, like. You know, you put them as two over the team that's three, pretended that they didn't play the team that was three, and then magically Anthony Davis came back against Boston and they won. I was like, ah, wait a second. Right. I mean, I I don't hate – I don't think just because the Sixers won the head-to-head that they necessarily have to be above the Lakers. Kind of like – I mean, the Jazz just lost the head-to-head to the Nuggets. They're currently on the same list above the Nuggets. I do agree leaving out just like that tidbit of information is a little sus ESPN. It, it was how it was read. Like, that's fine. Like, I still think they're like defending champs. We talked about, we think they're better than last year. It was just how it was read that I was like, wait a second. This timeline doesn't add up. I do. It, it turns out having Anthony Davis in lineup makes a difference. Like, well, he played against Philly. So maybe, yeah. maybe it does. Maybe it doesn't. Who knows? Maybe. Yeah, maybe it did. Maybe the six are just good. I don't know. All right, but let's get into R5. So that was ESPN's five. Right. Check out their top 10. It's a eyebrow something to say the least. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so they went one through five. I've always been, you got, especially if we're doing a podcast like this, you got to go five to one. Absolutely. That's how we've always done it. That yeah. I don't know. I reading, reading this, I'm like, why are we starting with one? It doesn't make sense in my head. But you do five. Imagine if, imagine if they did the college football playoff and they're like, all right, at one, it'd be it's <laughs> insane. Whatever, it doesn't matter. Who cares? Not me. Uh, do you want to go first? Do you want me to start? I will go first just for the fact that we just talked about one of the teams and okay. you brought them up possibly being the one seed by the end. But my number five is the Milwaukee Bucks. Wow, okay. Mm-hmm. Okay, I listen. I said that I think we're gonna have the same five, but in different orders. We do not have the same five. Okay, all right, I, that's I, over, <laughs> sizzling right off the bat. So here's my explanation. So I really think for the Bucks last year, I thought they were such a story, and people talked about them so much, and I thought that was the ticket. Obviously, the Lakers are always the ticket in terms of what to see, but Giannis was the big story, back-to-back MVPs. They were the predominant one seed all year in the East. Then they came the playoffs. They got bounced by the Heat, and we, they've been silent since. If you look, they're second in the East. They're 12-8, and eight, which isn't that impressive, but it is second in the East, uh, and they haven't played the Sixers yet who were first. So to me, like they're kind of flying under the radar right now. Yeah, I mean, I don't hate the pick. Honestly, if I had, if we went past five, they'd probably be like my six, seven, eight, somewhere in there. So I don't think it's a crazy take. Um, they are second in the East, but I think I, I look at it a little bit more than just like, not saying that you did, but I look at it more like past, like, okay, the standings. Like, oh, the Sixers have the, they're first in the East, so they got to be either first or second. It's not like that. It, it is. Mm-hmm. 
a little bit different. There's a little bit of nuance. There's no real formula here. We're kind of throwing shit at the wall and hoping it sticks. But I think the Bucks are a good team. I I don't know if the Sixers are going to end one. I don't think the Bucks will end one. I'll say that. See, that's what I'm th- that's uh, they're so silent. You almost like forget. Like, you're like you. Who was the one seed last year? Oh yeah, it was the Bucks. Yeah, like they're in that kind of realm. Uh, so yeah, Bucks are my five. And other than the Nets roster, just because they have the three stars and no one else really has three, on paper, the Bucks probably have the best roster in the East. Depth-wise, I think they do. Especially I think like their their top players, you know, Middleton and Giannis, they're very good too. And then, like you just said, the depth. They're probably one of the deeper teams in the East, but also the league. And Drew Holiday, like they finally got a replacement for Malcolm Brogdon. Right. So, which was I, my main thing as to why they didn't win last year. They did not have good point guard play, and now right. they do. Yeah. No, I think the Bucks is not on my – they're not on my list, but it, it's a good pick. I will say that. Um, we're sticking in the East with my five. Okay. The Brooklyn Nets. Fair. I mean, they obviously they just lost that game against the Wizards, so it's like rose-colored glasses a little bit, but that's a good team. They're not a deep team. If, if Harden stubs his toe, it all falls apart. But until that happens, they're a pretty good team. I mean, they got KD, pretty good. Got James Harden, not bad. Got Kyrie, eh, why not? I mean, a decent three. They're scoring a billion points, and they're only letting up like five million points. So (laughs) if Steve Nash can just figure out how to fucking be a coach, this team might be good. The difference between five and one is just playing a lick of defense. That's all, you know, you have to try a little bit, just a little. Yeah, I don't want to go deep dive the Nets coaching higher. And I don't even want to go like, oh, Kyrie was right. Him and KD should have been, you know, talked to about this a little bit more. You have Mike D'Antoni on the staff. Maybe we just bump him up and give Steve, who's never coached in the NBA before, by the way, maybe we give him the assistant job. Sam Cassell has been an assistant as long as I can remember. He retired in like 2012 and he's been an assistant since. So talk about not paying your dues and it's showing. They have some serious gelling they still have to do. So, all right. My number four, I have the Utah Jazz. I think we need to pay attention and give some recognition and respect to what the Jazz did in January. Went 13 and three in the month of January. Had an 11 game win streak. 13 and three. Talking NFL. That's one seed in the, <laughs> in the NFC, baby. They got home home field throughout the playoffs. So I think we need to put them on the list for what they did. Last time we talked about them, they were on a five game win streak. Then it became an eight game win streak. Then it went all the way up to 11. They went 13 and three in January. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to say right now, my four is the Jazz. I have the Jazz too. Um, The Jazz being good, as funny as it is, kind of hurts me. Because I I think I had them as like the five or six seed in the West when we did our playoff predictions in the preseason. But I was like, but it'd be real funny if they missed the playoffs. And they're just like, well, we might actually be the one seed in like a month. So give us a fucking second. I don't think this is going to stick. Like, I don't think they're going to continue this. I really don't. But they fucking they might. 
who else? There's a lot of teams. Like we talked about a lot of teams regressing. A lot of teams that we thought would be up there aren't. So if not them, then who is, is the way to look at it? And, you know, it's fair to give them. I'm with you. I am not a Utah Jazz fan. Right. I tend more to be a hater. I'd say Utah top five in these basketball rankings, bottom five in terms of states. Utah, well, it's, not, it's not a state. So oh, we talked true. about this last week. It's not That's a state. true. Oh yeah, you're right. You're right. It's not really a state. It's just like right. there. It right. exists. It's the I desert remember, between yeah. Nevada and Colorado. That's all it is. Pretty much. Yeah. Where it's a Mormon cult. Yeah. We don't in recognize the of the West. We don't recognize Mormon cults as states. Not not on this podcast. <laughs> not on this podcast. There are Forty-nine states. In the United States, <laughs> forty-nine. <laughs> All right, my number three. I'm sticking out west. Let's go further west than the Mormon cult state. I have the L.A. Clippers. Okay. So they do have the top seed in the West right now. I'm higher. Like this is my team. I thought you know, like they're getting their revenge from last year. I think I thought they were going to be better. I thought Paul George would be better. I thought Kawhi would really take over. He is averaging twenty-nine a game. So maybe it's a little low on my list. It's definitely low compared to ESPN who had them at one, right. uh, but they're number three on my list. So I, I don't hate the pick. Paul George has been quietly, he's not going to win it. And I'm never going to put him on my MVP rankings, but he's having a very good season and mm-hmm. he probably should be on the MVP watch list at this point. Um, I'm looking at their schedule now. And I mean, they have a lot of wins, but they really, they haven't really played anyone. Like they beat the Lakers opening night. They beat the Nuggets, who I mean, at the time were bad. Now they're good. So I guess we'll give them credit there. They got blown out by the Mavs. And then I mean, just like they lost to the Jazz like everyone else, but they they just haven't played anyone since. They beat the Pacers. That's the only like quote unquote playoff team they've played since like December. I think the same was going for the Jazz as well. They were playing a weaker schedule. But, yeah, I mean, I think they're right where they need to be. They're flying under the radar. They're 16-5. and They have the number one seed in the West for now. But, yeah, I mean, I think that's fair. Like, they're good. We'll recognize them. I'll recognize them as a top three team. Nothing matters until they beat the Lakers four times in May. So that's that. That's fair. Um, I mean, just – the Clippers are on my list, but there are question marks, I'd, I'd say. Um, but my number three, the Philadelphia 76ers. <laughs> I could feel it coming. <laughs> I saw that little smirk. I knew it was coming. <laughs> I, I have them at three only because I know they beat the Lakers, and I'm not convinced that the, the Clippers, to me, are what the Bucks were last year. They're a regular season team. Fair. I think we might get the same results we got last playoffs. Maybe it won't be a three-one comeback by Denver, but I don't, I don't see them making the finals. Whether they have to lose to Lakers to for that to come true or not, I just don't know if they'll make the conference finals. They feel very, very regular season to me. So that's why. But with all that being said, they're still kicking the shit out of everyone. Whether it's a weak schedule or not, I mean, I made the point last time we did the power rankings. The Sixers hadn't played anyone, and I mean, they really still haven't. But they beat the Lakers, they beat the Celtics twice. Whether you know hurt or not doesn't matter. They did it. Sixers are a good team. 
I don't think they're the best team in the East. They might, they, they could finish first. I don't think they will, but they could, but it feels they. this feels very nice. It's because I'm so like involved in Philadelphia Twitter because of we, because of branded. <laughs> this feels very much. They get swept in the second round to me. <laughs> I can feel you tiptoeing around like having to put them in your top five but also hating them and not wanting to say anything nice. Like I can feel it where you're like, I have to at least recognize that they've played well, but also I hate them. So how do I go about making sure that both of those things are said in one explanation? Well, okay. So just sort of putting all the cards on the table. I don't hate the Philadelphia 76ers basketball team. I hate the people who root for that basketball team. I think you're all brain dead, but I like the players for the most part. I, even Ben Simmons. I like Ben Simmons. He should have been traded for James Harden. He would have if the Rockets would have picked the phone up. Yeah, I was, that might, and I'm not going to say it. Just, <laughs> they'll lose six straight. It doesn't matter. It. He wasn't traded. He still hasn't really been. He's playing great defense. He's a great defender. That's what we expect. He's an elite defender. He should be on an all-defensive team this year. But... There are two scorers on that team. Three, if you want to count Seth Curry, but none of them are named Ben. All of them shoot their, with the correct hand. <laughs> yeah, we have, we have 15 guys on the team. 14 know which hand they're supposed to shoot with. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think, I mean, that's pretty much everything. I think the Sixers are good. I don't think they're great. I think Joel is great. Joel, I, I've always been high on Joel. I mean, I, I thought he was going to be MVP last year, like to enter the season. He's been very impre- impressive. If he's not one, he's two on pretty much everyone's MVP ranking at this point. He's player of the month with Jokic, which is also on the MVP list right now. But if he doesn't play, you guys might never win a game. I know it just, <laughs> it just happened, but like, that's because the Pacers are brain dead. Uh, yeah, it might be a, a lottery team without him. I will say this, obviously, I haven't. There may be more comments about the Sixers coming. I did enjoy going to Minnesota. Him scoring thirty-seven. You're like, ah, like his back's hurt. This is kind of an off night. He scored thirty-seven in three quarters, and they won by eighteen. That that was to me was like it wasn't the Lakers game where I was like, all right, this is dominance. It's scoring thirty-seven where you're not going 110% and doing it in three quarters in a blowout win where I'm like, yeah, this guy's on a different level this year. Yeah. I mean, he's, I mean, that's impressive to do against any team against any player, especially in three quarters. The Timberwolves are the worst team in the league. And I don't mm-hmm. think cat played that game. So like, it's he didn't. right. Not that he's like a defensive stopper, but no, they, they were helpless. They were helpless, but what I'm just saying, it's like the dominance of it in a game where he probably shouldn't even have played because he was assaulted. Well, the night prior. Can we talk about, can we talk about the flagrant on LeBron real quick? Cause Twitter was in flames for one city in the country. I don't, my take, it wasn't so malicious. I think it was a flagrant foul, but I was just like, to me, it's it's the Lakers going to the the refs, and you probably experienced this because you played them right after us. They're on this East Coast trip. Every call, they're over in the refs' ear. It's relentless, 
and just like they argue every call and then yeah you shove the guy it's okay we'll get over it you know like you would have got booed to hell if the fans were there but like it'll be fine sure but then it's like you go over how why am i in trouble like you know but it's after every call that's what really made me mad it's like you clearly did something wrong You've argued every call to this point. <laughs> We've gotten to the point we are at our most obvious call, and you're still arguing against it. Have you guys ever done anything wrong? You know that that's what really set me off. I guess uh, I, I think what ticks me off about it so much, not to like spend super long on it. The Lakers are really fucking good. LeBron's mm-hmm. really fucking good, but it's the LeBron, the LeBron treatment. He's been doing that for years. The problem I have with it, other than it just being annoying, because because Boston had no fans, at almost every play you could hear LeBron yelling "travel." It's like, bro, he just it was a jump shot. What are you talking about? He travel? What are we talking about? What well, you guys hear him yelling "travel" in every play, whether it's good or bad, whether it's a foul or not, whether it's on him, his team, or the other team, he's looking at the refs. It's insane. But if it stopped with LeBron, it'd be annoying, but I wouldn't get angry. The problem with LeBron being on your team is you have guys like fucking Kyle Kuzma doing the same goddamn thing. And Kyle, you can't dribble without it hitting your foot. Shut the fuck up. Yeah, yeah. Marc Gasol. No, you fouled Embiid. Look, it's okay. You're too big man going at it. There's going to be fouls, but they just assume that they've never fouled anyone. Ever. No. Yeah. And not to defend LeBron, but just to like throw some water on Philly fans who, who thought he should have been like shot euthanized. Yeah. And B does not know how to fall. Just land. Oh, he's he's Just like, Bambi. He's, he's going to get actually hurt. Cause like that's a flagrant foul. Sure. If he, if he landed on his feet is probably a common foul, but even let's say it's a flagrant foul. That's where it ends. You don't need to fall. You're seven, five. You jumped 10 feet in the air and then fell on your face. Maybe the guy with injury history who weighs 300 pounds, not saying he's like overweight, but he's weighs 300 pounds. Maybe we don't land on our face. Maybe he, he does not know how to fall. He's never, he's never learned. It's like Mike Vick learning how to slide. He just can't do it. Even like like when he flops, like Joel, you know, you're going down. Don't go down super fucking hard. Always does. Like Marcus Smart does the same thing. And like, I feel the same way with him. I'm like, Smart, you're going to get hurt. And he is literally half the size of Joel Embiid. He's a foot shorter in 150 pounds less. Mm -hmm. Like, what? Guys, they'll call the flop whether you get a concussion or not. Yeah, yeah. You you don't have to steamroll yourself across the floor. But yeah, I agree. Um, we're, I was at two, right? We're at the two. I, we got sidetracked a little bit. Yeah. So, yeah it's crazy cool. rants. Love it. I said sixers for my three. So it's your two. All right. I can wrap this up quick. Cause we just talked about them, but I have the Lakers at two. Okay. I think I have them higher than the Clippers and the jazz. They're on. I give them benefit of the doubt. Cause they're on this East coast road trip that I feel like they've been on for four score and seven years. Yeah, uh, they've been real. on the East coast forever. They've played every Eastern conference team. I think they're they're better than their record shows. I know. I think they're the three seed in the West at this point, yeah. but 
I have them at two. I will give them the benefit of the doubt that they've been on this relentless, never-ending road trip. Yeah, I mean, the Lakers are good. I think the Lakers are should be the favorites to repeat. Um, I don't know, dude. LeBron's playing out of his mind. Like all last year, everyone was talking about how good LeBron's playing, and I was like, "That's that's true. He's playing very good." But he's not even the best player on his team. So when LeBron was getting MVP talks, like serious MVP talks, like almost fucking won it, I was like, maybe that's not warranted because he's statistically worse in every sense with the same guy on his team. Like AD beat him in every category and was a like defensive player of the year candidate. So maybe yeah. we come down a little bit. It's not like that this year. LeBron is the best player on that team this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, AD statistically hasn't been great, but it, you're right. I mean, uh, we we've said this multiple times. I think they're they are better than they were last year, which is scary. Yeah, I th- they're one of the only teams who like added players, and I was like, how did we let them get Dennis Schroeder? Dennis how did they Schroeder, sign Boston yes. Hall? Wait, they have Montrez Harold too. Like the Schroeder one. I mean. That is, is ridiculous. And he went off. I think he had 16 or 19 in the second half against the Sixers. And it's just like, this isn't fair. How do they have this guy? In like yeah. the balls on Dennis Schroeder too. He was calling out Jason Tatum and like on defense. Like it wasn't working. He was getting cooked. But like, he was just like, and obviously he's a foot shorter, but he's just like all over Jason Tatum. And it's just like that. Whether it's smart play or not, probably not, because Jason Tatum just like beat him to the rim every time. But that lets LeBron play defense on Marcus Smart or Kemba Walker. The guy's a maniac. I'll give him that. Schroeder is a maniac. I, I will admit that. Out of his <laughs> fucking mind. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I have Lakers at two. My two were staying in LA, but the other team, I'm going Clippers at two. I mean, Fair. we've talked, we talked about him a little bit with when you gave it to him. Paul George is having, if it wasn't Paul George, probably an MVP season. I'm not going to call him an MVP because fuck that guy. But it's very against your brand. Yeah, very. I'm very just like hold a grudge, even though there's no reason to have a grudge at all because you don't know the fucking guy. That's me all day. Um, I don't, I don't, there's not much to say. Kawhi is really good. I think statistically, if I, I don't have it pulled up, I think he's a little bit down, but he's still playing very well. But what's been most impressive is, I think the team's worse than they were last year and they're just playing great basketball still. Like it doesn't matter. Yeah. Like I said, I, we both have them high, but I think there's, if there's one team that needs playoff success, like they have to beat the Lakers, beat the Lakers four times. None of this matters. Just beat the Lakers four times in May. That's all that matters. I, I, nothing more to say. What is your, I think we all know what the number one is. Who's your number one? My number one is the Philadelphia 76ers. Oh my god. I'm saying it well, I can say I like I said, I don't know if this will stick, but I am pretty confident in the way that they've been playing. And they've been doing things. I'm like, who are these Sixers that I've grown to hate over the years? So they're closing out games pretty well. 
Usually they're the team that blows a 20-point lead during the process years. Embiid is having an MVP season. I think we need to show Tobias Harris love because he probably should be an all-star. Ben, we we think, have regressed on the offensive end, which is fair. But he could be defensive player of the year. If I looked at this metric yesterday. I know you're shaking your head, but I was looking at this metric. He uh, was above every other player, head and shoulders, uh, in terms of defensive metrics. And then I think it's a deeper team than it's been in years. You know, the, the addition of Dwight Howard has been great, as well as some of the guards off the bench. Where when Embiid goes to the to the to the um, to the bench, they can survive. Uh, they finally got the monkey off the back and won a game without him in general. And then they have some shooting, which we've been clamoring for for years. So, do I think they need another piece? Yeah, for sure. Do I think they could beat you know like the Lakers four times, like we just talked about the Clippers? I don't think so. But for right now, I think in terms of the product that they've given me from December to February, they are my number one. I, I have about three, so it's not super far off. I do think they're they have more flaws than the two teams I have above them. But Joel's having an MVP season, like you said. I don't think Doc Rivers is, you know, a, the greatest coach to walk the earth, but he's an upgrade from Brett Brown. Um. Seth, I, I've said this from the beginning. I'm pretty sure you've agreed with me. Seth Curry, not as good as Josh Richardson, a way better fit for this team, though. And he's Absolutely. been showing it. He's been he's having a, probably the best year of his career. He's playing very well. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, Tavares Harris, you touched on it. He's probably going to be an all-star this year. Yeah. And I mean, I've made jokes about it. You've made jokes about it. He is, up until right now, he has not been deserving of that massive contract. No. I don't know if he's deserving now because there's a lot of fucking money still for you know your third best player, but he's not he's not stealing your money anymore. He's he's working for it. I was gonna say he's been he's been so I think career high in three point percentage and in field goal percentage overall. You know he's been efficient. He's given for you sure. you know he's been improved on defense, which is another big thing too. So yeah, I, I'm, I'm happy, happy with where they're at. And Beat is having his MVP season, but this team is not 15 and 6 without Tobias Harris. Agreed. I mean, agreed. my strategy for LeBron a couple years ago when he was um, killing the Celtics has been my strategy with Embiid. Let him score 50 points. Who fucking cares? No one else can score on the team. Mm-hmm. Tobias Harris can now score. Seth Curry can now score. Ben still can't, but you have other guys. Mm-hmm. Shake Milton. Shake Milton's one of those guys. And I'm not sure if the stats even are going to back me up, but if he's playing the Celtics, I've already clocked in. Like, he's getting 20. I know it. He knows it. They know it. I don't, I don't, I don't have the stats to back me up. It might be completely wrong, but there have been guys, and I'm sure every team, every fan has these guys, where when they step on the court, you know they're giving your favorite team hell. Yes. Shake Milton's that guy for the Sixers. It's not Joel. <laughs> it's not Tobias. It's Shake fucking Milton. Shake Milton, baby. You got to love it. All right. Give me your number one as we wrap this up. So my number one is pretty obvious. It's the Lakers. I mean, I know they lost two to, you know, they lost to the Philly, uh, the Sixers. They lost to the Pistons. They almost blew a decent sized lead to the Celtics. But in the same hand, they came back from, I think, eight points with like five minutes left. Beat the Celtics. It was only by one, but 
Celtics are a good team. They lost Marcus Smart and it kind of changed the uh the trajectory of that game, which <laughs> just so I can touch on it real quick, scumbag organization. Super scumbags, but they are the best team in the league. I don't know if you saw it or if the listeners saw it. The Lakers social media team thought it was going to be a great idea to tweet Montrezl Harrell, just you know, making a nice layup. It was cool, but they failed to edit out. Is that Marcus Smart? Like, looked like he tore his ACL on the fucking play, and they left it up for like an hour. Like, guys, what are we doing? Yeah, you can't. I, I do saw that. it because yeah, <laughs> you just can't do that. I know. I mean, that, that is just like uh, when KD retours Achilles in the finals. It's just like, here's this, you know, top 10 plays of KD. And number three is his Achilles blowing out of his sock. Like, guys, we can't do that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I remember that. I mean, it reminded me, it didn't happen, obviously, but the Cavs tweeted out when Gordon Hayward broke his leg. Just like, oh, look at this pass by Kyrie. Well, guys. <laughs> <laughs> compound fracture in the background i mean his like his i can see his bone right it's just laying there on the ground yeah now i mean he's, smart didn't he, he's gonna be out a couple weeks he's gonna be fine but when they tweeted it it was like is that acl like we didn't we didn't know we hadn't even been ruled out for the game yet and all of my followers were, everyone i like everyone i follow was just like that might be it he might be done for the year mm-hmm. and just like all right he's done for two weeks but that social media intern, I hope he has a real fucking bad day. I know that. Or I know that. <laughs> that poor guy. But yeah, no, Lakers are my number one. I didn't talk about it being my number one at all because fuck that team. But they're my number one. <laughs> fair enough. I think that's the perfect cap. This league. Yeah. This fucking league. Um, anything to wrap the show? No, I think I'm good. I think that was a lot of... It's been entertaining. So yeah, I'm cool. That's all we can really ask for because it's li- we were begging for it last week. So it finally happened. We got more than like one good game. I'm happy. Prayers answered. Yeah. Th- you know what that means though? Next week's going to be a fucking shit show. Yep. Yeah. I mean. Oh, uh, well, co- anytime you're thinking, oh, we're going to have fun. COVID's coming. Listen, I, I need, we had a tracker on the Wizards. We need a tracker on the Hawks. I'm preemptively oh. putting a COVID tracker on the Hawks. As everyone listening knows. We predicted the uh, Wizards outbreak, like to the T. We predicted the teams that would get it. They all got it. We predicted they would have an outbreak. They had a massive outbreak. I'm putting preemptive watch list Hawks. You might have to. Might have to. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> Still can't get over that Wizards thing. I can't get over anything that's happened with the Wizards at all this year. Uh, that's all I have to say about that. All right. Well, thank you guys for watching. Oh my god, I did it. I again. think you just have to do. You just have to say it. And just, thank you guys for watching. Uh, it'll be the running joke of the show. <laughs> so I, I, I don't. I looked at the camera, said listening in my head, and then still said watching. Came out I watching. Hate it. Oh my fucking head! I'm too used to live streams. Follow Brandon Sports on Twitter. Uh, make sure you're following Drug Off PNR on Instagram and on TikTok. The TikTok's kind of blowing up, but these 15-year-olds are yelling at us. So we need some people who listen to the entire show to help us out a little bit. Hop on the TikTok. I know you're all 25. You might not even have TikTok. We probably shouldn't have TikTok. It's fine. Download TikTok. 
follow drunk off PNR like favorite share all of our talks. They're pretty cool. That's it. Thanks. Bye.